What is going on, Fantasy Alarm Nation? My name is Justin Fensterman, along with Ryan Hallam and Matt Sells, and it's time for a family meetup, a.k.a. the Family Times Podcast here, helping you win championships, helping you win bets, helping you win everything fantasy sports and reality-based. Guys, I hope you had a great turkey day. How's everything going by you? Uh, well, it's 72 degrees here today, and it's December, so I can't... <laughs> Gotta love can't. that global warming cell. Yeah, and then on Monday, we're recording this on Friday, the 3rd of December. On Monday, it's going to be 39 degrees here, so we're going to lose about 40 degrees <laughs> in the next few days. This is why I break out in hives, guys, because the weather change just messes with my immune system so much, and as soon as I'm adjusted, boom, up 30 degrees, boom, down 30 degrees. It's crazy. I'm like a five-year-old getting hives and chicken pox over here. What's going on, Ryan? You ever get hives? No, but the funny thing is, like, my weather's doing the opposite. Like, it's 38 degrees here, but, like, Monday's supposed to be 56 or something like that, so uh, I'm getting the, the opposite of the Nebraska effect. Yeah, because yeah. it takes two days for our weather to make it to New York. So. <laughs> crazy, just crazy wild times here. And speaking of weather, that's something that's going to be coming a little bit more impactful in our fantasy football matchups. But first, we're worried about the rain, the wind. Now we got the snow, and we've got even maybe worse than the snow, the crap that the snow leaves on the ground with very icy grass. That's not good. That's something we're going to have to watch out for moving forward. But Guys, when it comes to these matchups this week, when looking at injuries and everything like that, I mean, the first place I look at is Minnesota. Minnesota going up against Detroit here. Kirk Cousins should be throwing a lot. We've seen reports that they should be leaning on the pass a little bit more. But, I mean, you go back to what you saw in their previous matchup, you wish you got a little bit more. Kirk Cousins has actually been pretty good, though, over his last number of weeks. So you both do different pieces of content regarding the matchups there. I mean, Sells does those matchup previews, fantasyalarm.com. And Ryan, you do the wide receiver cornerback report here. So let me ask you guys this, because I'm rolling Kirk Cousins out in a lot of leagues. Almost started him over Dak last night, Dak Prescott. What are your thoughts about the Vikings offense going into this matchup against Detroit? I think they'll be perfectly fine. Uh, I think it's fine to start Kirk Cousins. I don't know that the volume is necessarily going to be there. Maybe in part of the second half, I think they'll turn to Alexander Madison and just run it. The last time they played, I think Madison had, what, 25 carries? Um, you know, so he can certainly carry the load. Um, it is a bummer that Dalvin Cook is down, but that's why they have Madison. That's why you handcuffed Cook with Madison in case this exact scenario happened. Um, so I think that... Uh, if the Vikings pretend that this is the Packers and actually show up on offense, I think you'll be fine with Thielen and Jefferson and Cousins and Madison. Yeah, I think the only concern with Cousins is if they get up so much that they right. stop you know, passing or take him out. I, I don't see any reason why uh, anything on the Lions. I know – I can never say the guy's name. Amani Urarie. Uh, he's got a ton of interceptions this year, but they've given up a ton of points, a ton of touchdowns. Uh, so, yeah, I roll Cousins out there with all kinds of confidence. And Madison, like uh, Matt said, running game, too. I think there's plenty of offense to go around this weekend for everyone in Minnesota to get theirs. Yeah, let me ask you guys about another player, a player that hasn't been really impactful at all from a fantasy standpoint here. And I'm shifting focus to this Giants-Miami game. 
Daniel Jones now being out this line I've seen move from three and a half to six on certain Ooh. sports books at this point here. Let me ask you guys about the Giants offense. Is there anybody that you can really trust at this point here? Even going, look, Miami's defense has been a little bit better lately, but the Giants, they're no slouches either. They're kind of under the radar. What are your thoughts about the Giants offense? I mean, including Saquon Barkley, who hasn't been productive. I, I've pretty much lost most hope in Saquon Barkley at this point being anything worth near where you drafted him at. Uh, can he be startable? Yeah. Is he going to be a guy you drafted in the first 20 picks? I, I don't think so. Uh, between the line and the lack of effectiveness for the passing game, uh, there's just really no reason for the defense to you know, be scared of Mike Glennon now or really anyone that they had. Sterling Shepard and Kadarius Tony are now doubtful, which means out. So we're looking at you know, Kenny Galladay, who's been a very underwhelming for his contract, and Darius Slayton, who's been very underwhelming since, since his rookie year, and Evan Engram, who has been underwhelming most of his career. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if you got Barkley, you're starting him, but, and, and if you got Galladay, maybe you are too. I mean, let's face it, it's week 13. Are and you? I mean, dude, I, you know, with some questions I get from the crap people are, are deciding between, you might be. I'm not I saying almost you, feel like not it's doing, not even a decision, Ryan. I feel you're like not doing Kenny it with Galladay is like public enemy number five in fantasy. I mean, if you're starting three receivers and a flex, do you have four receivers better than Kenny well, Galladay that aren't this, hurt or yes. uh, on by? This guy pisses me off, let me tell <laughs> you. And he got paid, which pisses me off even more. He doesn't have to do anything. It's kind of like what we've seen from Cortland Sutton. He gets paid and still gets targeted three times in a game. But with Kenny Galladay, I mean, look, let me ask you this here. Let me bring this player up. Okay. Kenny Galladay or Russell Gage? off your waiver walker <laughs> immediately into the starting lineup. You can't see that, Cells. I'd go Gage at this yeah, point, to would. be honest, because it's Matt Ryan in an offense you know wants to pass the ball, right? We don't know what the Giants' offense is. They just fired their offensive coordinator before last week, and what did they do? They put up basically no points against a beatable defense. Uh so, you know, at this point, the Dolphins' defense has been better in the last several games. Mike Glennon has never intimidated anybody except for tailors who try to fit stuff around his very tall neck. Um, and we still don't know what their offense is going to be. Barkley's clearly not fully healthy. And forcing the ball to Kenny Galladay against corners that can pick off the ball is not a good idea. So... Uh, sorry there, James Grande, but I kind of expect the Dolphins to walk out pretty easily with, with this one. Because two has also been pretty good the last several weeks. Like, his numbers have certainly rebounded. Um, so, you know. Well, uh, let, me, let, I let me defend myself in saying, I'm not saying I'm going to Galladay and going on your show, Fancy and Serious, and just be like, I'm starting Kenny Galladay this I week. I know that. But, but, but at this point, I mean, uh, you do see some pretty sad uh, lineup decisions out there between, you know, questions I get in Twitter and things like that. So uh, well, that's I, what I mean. I was more, Ryan, reacting to that people are debating between Galladay versus the other guy and not just going with the other guy. That's... That's really yeah. kind of that's where my shock value comes from because look, there are guys who have been up and down. Of course, I was gonna I'm gonna ask you guys next about Jamar Chase and whether well, whole, I think ones the Dolphins also, by the way, rank eighth in the league against opponents' number one wide receivers. So it's not like it's an easy 
matchup for Galladay, who's coming in hot with a great quarterback. Like, none of this suggests a good day for Galladay. <laughs> yeah, pretty much what we're saying from this discussion is that choose the other guy if it's between Galladay. Yeah, you know what? If you have to start two tight ends, I know, God forbid, you start another tight end in your flex. That's okay, though. That's okay. You have two efficient tight ends. You've got a situation where you have Kelsey and guys. I haven't seen anything otherwise, but did you see an official ruling on Fryermuth and if he cleared protocol yet? I know I he's saw, been practicing. Yeah, all I saw is he got another practice. In okay, today. that's a good sign then. He's practicing yeah. though. So really barring something very unforeseen, he should play. But this is the type of situation where if you've got Galladay and a bunch of buys on the bench – or you could start something like you have Kelsey and you could start Fryermuth. You kept them just for you know what. I'm fine with rolling the double tight ends if you have to. If you have the hottest tight end in fantasy football and something like the best or a top three tight end, I'm fine with doing that over hoping that Kenny Galladay can catch a few passes because I'm not even hopeful for that. Yeah, I mean, I'm at least Fryermuth is getting looks near the goal line every single week for the last five weeks. So. You know, and the Titans, or not the Titans, the Ravens haven't been great against the tight, the tight ends this year either. So I'm fine with the two tight end look, especially over Kenny Galladay. Ryan, let me ask you something about the Bengals passing attack here. Joe Mixon has just been dominating lately. Are you maybe a little bit worried about them really relying heavily on the run and one of the best matchups that Joe Mixon could have for the season, meaning less targets are going to be going the way of the receivers here. Because look, I mean, when it comes to the production of Jamar Chase, it hasn't been as appetizing over the last three weeks. Not like he's not getting the targets, but still not getting the full results that we were seeing earlier. Now we have to start really looking at it matchup by matchup as we go down the stretch here. And we can't forgive someone for having a strong first few weeks of the season and then not producing cough, cough, Mike Williams. So do you worry a little bit about the Bengals passing attack and them just being like, okay, Joe, you've been dominating. You just carry the load all the way through this game. Uh, You know, a lot of what Chase was doing early on was, kind of touchdown dependent like he's had 300 yard games and another game with 97 but he's also had five games under 60 yards and you know one two three four five six games of four catches or less so he's kind of been a little i don't want to say completely touchdown dependent but uh you know some of his production has come from either huge games like eight for 201 and a touchdown against the ravens uh so this is you know a little run where he's has two touchdowns in the last four weeks and has three of the last four games under 40 yards. Uh, so, so, yeah, I guess I'm a little worried that the the big explosive plays aren't happening. I mean, he's got five games where he's averaged over 20 yards a catch. So, you know, he's either caught some deep ones or there's been some that he, you know, caught and then broke free. Uh, so, yeah, I'm a little worried. Am I – taking him out of my DFS lineups? Yeah, maybe, you know, the Chargers do have one decent corner uh, in, in my season long lineups. So you're, you're just rolling them and, and hoping for one of those big. Yeah. I mean, the, this is way too good of a matchup for Joe Mixon for them to all of a sudden turn around and just go, okay, Joe Mixon, you're only going to carry it 10 times and we're just going to throw it on the Chargers. 
Because let's also not forget that this game is in Cincinnati, so the Chargers' defense has to travel, and typically a West Coast team heading east and then playing in an early uh, time slot usually doesn't go so well for the West Coast team. So I would continue to lean on, on Joe Mixon. I personally have Joe Burrow as quarterback this week. I think he'll still get volume. Um but the other thing to keep in mind is that T. Higgins' return has also affected Jamar Chase because Higgins appears to have, uh, I don't want to say better rapport, but certainly equal rapport with Joe Burrow in the last few weeks. Um, so if there's a number one wide receiver battle happening right now, that's gonna that's also going to affect Jamar Chase because DVOA-wise, the Chargers are pretty weak against number one wideouts, but they're pretty good against the other ones. So. We'll have to see how that shakes out. Let's continue talking about some of these matchups going in here. I mean, guys, let's look at some of the other ones we haven't really spoken about yet, including this Denver-Kansas City game. A lot of what I'm reading here, I mean, it, we do contests on Alarm After Hours on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio where we pick underdog bets. I actually took the Broncos. I mean, the spread very nicely, whether or not they could keep it close. Uh-oh, Sells looking very disappointed, like I'm his child and I just let him down. I broke <laughs> something. I broke a piece of glass. Sells, tell me why I'm going to lose this bet. So what did you take What did you take the Broncos as the – like, what was the line when you took Nine and a half. That's reasonable. I still don't think they – I still think Kansas City covers. Um since Chris Jones has returned to the defensive line for Kansas City, they've been an entirely different defense. If you look at the last four games, the Chiefs have allowed 11.8 points a game. And they've been shutting down opposing uh, running running games. Uh, a nifty little tidbit that I saw this week was there are three teams in the league in which two running backs – in their backfield, each have 500 or more yards rushing to this point. Denver's one, Green Bay is one, and Dallas is one. The Chiefs already played Dallas, and they already played Green Bay. Yes, granted, it was not with Aaron Rodgers in the backfield. However, they held both of those duos to less than 100 yards rushing combined in those games. Now we're finding out that Melvin Gordon has a second injury going on and may not play. That's only Javante Williams. I don't think that's going to help him. And Teddy Bridgewater is just not. He's he's just not good. He doesn't scare anybody. They don't have receivers that'll scare people. So I think the Chiefs are going to come and and get some separation in that division on home turf in prime time against an arch rival. Uh, and also... They've beaten the Chiefs. They've beaten the Broncos like seven straight games. I hear you, but I hear you. I mean, what do you think, Ryan? Do you think I have a shot in this bet? Yeah, I think you have a shot. I mean, I think Denver can take the air out of the ball. Uh, I think you know we haven't seen Kansas City be the team that we thought they're going to be. We've seen Kansas City not cover the spread almost every week. So I mean, yeah, Denver's offense is very underwhelming. Uh, but I mean, ten of ten, you know, that's nearly ten points. That's a pretty significant uh, Denver six so, and five against the spread. 
I mean, Sells, I could have picked the worst. I could have picked the Jets against the Eagles. Yeah, if, you, if you're trying to pick an underdog, I don't think you did a terrible job. I mean, yeah. it's not it's not terrible at nine and a half. I'm just saying, like... You immediately shook your head like it was the worst <laughs> thing I ever did in my life. It you wouldn't have been my... So let down. I feel so let down and dejected right now. It and wouldn't it's have been my time. pick. Also, the Chiefs are coming off a bye, and Andy Reid is 19-3 and three in the regular season. Coming off a bye. Uh, I don't think Denver's going to win, but I think nine and a half. Right, like you point out that the Chiefs haven't been up to snuff lately, right? Okay, fine. But they've still won games by more than 10 points, scoring less than 20 points a game in the last four games. So, like, I don't think Denver's offense scores very well at all. All right, so let me ask you this, Sells. Which would you rather have picked? I think I know which direction you're going to go. Denver plus nine and a half or the Steelers plus four and a half against the Ravens after what the crap you saw last week. I may take this. I think the Steelers can still only lose by a field goal. Those games are always close. The Ravens Steelers. It doesn't matter how terrible either team is. They're always close because they're AFC Division and and the Steelers can run the ball and the and the Ravens don't stop it all that great so I would I would take the Steelers. Wow! So we'll see what happens there. Adam Ronis actually took the Steelers for his side of the bet here. He had the first overall pick in our draft. I had the second pick right after, and that's who I decided there. Sell. So I'm glad right there that you don't approve of the bet. We'll see. We'll see who's right. Sells. We will we'll see, see. Who's right. But you are the Schwab of sports statistics. And so naturally, as you could see, I don't have any hair to retain the sweat that's dripping down my face right now. I, I did just also see Melvin Gordon is doubtful, which means he's probably not playing. Yes. Yes. Javante. Because yeah, it's a deal. second. It's not the injury he'd been dealing with. It's actually a second one. And it's like a shoulder, I think. So, which is more concerning for a running back. Right. How are you feeling about Brandon? Ayuk? no Debo Samuel going up against the Seahawks, man. I mean, this guy should have a pretty, pretty productive week, I'd say. Yeah, I, I think they're going to run a ton. Uh, Seattle is not much better against the run than they are against the pass. Uh, obviously, without Debo, who's, by the way, has been more of a running back than a wide receiver the past couple weeks anyway. Uh, you know, And Ayuk has finally woken up over the past four weeks. He's had three really strong games. He's obviously going to be the number one receiver. I think Kittle is a big factor as well. Uh, but I, I think it's going to be a huge Elijah Mitchell game. Uh, but I think Ayuk and Kittle will both get theirs. And, uh, you know, when Jawan Jennings is your next option, uh, you know, I think he could see a little bit of action. But I think Ayuk is going to – I'm not saying I'm going to say he's going to go out there and, you know, catch 100 yards, but I think he's going to have a real strong game. What about Debo, guys, on the other side? we going to see this guy produce against or, or his talent taken away from the Monstars or something like that? I saw that he's supposed to – think as of now, they only expect him to miss the one game. Dang, just crazy. Well, I hope what one day, I hope when it comes to Debo or when it comes to him, I'm hoping that they have down the stretch, man. It's one of those situations when it comes to Debo Samuel. I mean, he'd been getting action in that run game as well, Ryan. And by the way, Ryan, they can give Ayuk some of that run game action too. They gave, yeah. Am I wrong? They gave him a few carries last year, didn't they? Yeah, they found lots of different ways to get the ball, some carries, some jet sweeps, some bubble screens. Yeah, they, they were not quite what they're doing with Samuel this year, but uh, they definitely found creative ways to get Ayuk the ball. 
Yep. All right, guys, let's go to the family table here. Let's bring something as we always do to the table. We brought a lot of interesting, different tidbits. Could be a stat, could be a way to win, could be something not to do in your fantasy leagues in order to become more successful of a fantasy player. And let's start with Mr. Kansas City Chiefs himself, Matt Sells. Sells, what are you bringing to the table? Oh, what to talk about. I could talk about the crappy way the MLB is treating their players. Mm. I could talk about the NASCAR awards that saw uh, a female driver win the most popular driver in the truck series. Congratulations, Haley Deegan. Uh, I could talk about some fantasy football stuff, but instead I'm going to give congratulations to Mr. Justin Fensterman on his run Mm. there for Fantasy Alarm After Hours. Been on for a couple of years now, right? Five, uh, how many shows? 500? Yeah, over 500, man. Two years. Yeah, man. That's a heck dude. of a milestone. And uh, I know I've been on uh, more than a few times talking NASCAR, talking NFL, talking baseball, Razzin, both Fenstey and Ronis. Um, so I just want to give you a congrats. I know you've worked incredibly hard to get the gig and then to put it all together and Staying up late, man, that many times in a row is not is not easy to do either. But and let's not forget that a bunch of those came with no sports happening. <laughs> Guy put on a sports show and then sports quit. And then he kept going. So congrats to you there, Mr. Justin Pesterman. No, thank you very much, Sells. And, and you both, you and Ryan, frequently appear on the show. And especially, Sells, we love your NASCAR segments because half the time we're making different innuendos and everything like that. And you you work with our humor so well. And Ryan, you as well, joining our show I mean, it's always great to get your wide receiver cornerback report and you guys having the different personalities. It brings different voices to the show. And I'll say this, you know, I had people back when I was first starting out back in 2009, 2010, 2011, that would help me bring me on shows and everything like that to get that exposure and to most importantly, get the practice on the air. And now I just, I want to pay it forward to you. I love having you guys on. I love being able to give as many opportunities as possible. I was given them by people and you kind of, that goes down the line, you pay it forward. And you guys have both been great contributors to Alarm After Hours. And I'll tell you this guy's up plenty more that you'll be joining us for, like it or not. And we're gonna, we're gonna do other games that aren't sports related as well that we wanna get more of the FA family on with us as well. So thank you very much, Sells. I really appreciate that. It does not soften the blow of you thinking my bet's not going to hit, but nice try. Ryan Hallam, are, what do you bring it to the family? And I, you know what? And I didn't know if I was even going to make it Wednesday, but I damn it, I did. I made it to one o'clock. I was really tired, but damn it, I, I powered through and I made it and I was proud of myself. But uh, echo that sentiment for sure. You're doing a hell of a job, but uh, I know it's Hanukkah time. So happy Hanukkah to both of you gentlemen, but I was out on the road a little while ago and traffic is out of control. And that's because of course the Christmas season uh, and just that we saw some lady pull a gun on uh, over a parking spot in Texas the other day. Please be kind to each other out there over the next three weeks. Cause you know, stuff gets wild around Christmas time. So let's all take a breath and uh, remember the presence is not a, uh, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S is not uh, what this is all about. And if you don't get that doll or that parking spot, just relax. Yeah, it's going to be okay. It's totally fine. 
You know what? You'll find another spot. You have to walk a little bit. You have to walk a little bit. We can all, I'm sure, use to walk a little bit, being, being that we've been in a pandemic for the last now, what, almost two years at this point here. Wow, crazy, crazy, guys. I'm going to say this, and I talk about it. For those that don't read my waiver wire articles that come out on fantasyalarm.com, I'm going to start explaining this a little bit more. I don't feel like I'm doing you guys any favor by bringing up repeat players week after week or even every other week. Now, with what we're dealing with with COVID when it comes to fantasy basketball constantly running rampant in sports, players going on and off COVID protocol lists, not being able to play in games. Yes, instead of doing a player or putting a player in a waiver wire article once every four weeks so I can give you guys as much variety as possible, yes, I'm going down to once every three weeks you'll see a player unless it's a complete emergency situation. I don't want to give you guys players that you're hearing about from all your friends. That player is likely picked up. It's all about finding the next guy. And that's why sometimes when I give players who you should be watching out for Sometimes it takes more than just that week for the player to really get into their rotation. So look at the articles released over the last three weeks. And I'm going to try to put some players and references as well so you go back to those articles. That way you're constantly checking multiple waiver wire articles for guys that could be available. And especially with everything with COVID, taking players and sometimes half a team out all of a sudden that's free value that you can find for nothing but don't only look at the one article, look at the articles, the previous two before, because that will give you more of a player range and essentially creates a watch list for you. Guys, what do you think about that? Because I don't want to give guys that are a 60 to 70% owned on Yahoo and ESPN, but B, I also don't want to be talking about Alec Burks every single week. I feel like it's redundant and I'm wasting my time. And I'm most importantly, wasting the subscribers time by doing repeat players, barring season ending injury to somebody else on the depth chart right in front of them. Yeah, I appreciate it, eventually, especially because I'm in a 16 team league, which I don't belong in. And I'm not that <laughs> great at fantasy basketball. So like when you dig that deep, those are actually guys that I might have a chance of actually being on my waiver wire. Because most of the most of times, if I look at waiver wire articles around, it's all guys that are owned in that league. So right. uh, and it's, I appreciate it's it. annoying and it sucks. And it, I just feel like those analysts out there that aren't digging deep, aren't going to give you guys that are, in my opinion, less than for basketball less than 40% owned. I feel like those, even in the 10 team leagues, those guys could still be there. Remember those percentages are skewed a little bit because it takes dead leagues into account as well. And that brings down the average a little bit or brings up the average inactive leagues that were started and then people just don't give a damn. So that's why I urge you guys to just make sure that you're constantly checking not just the one waiver wire article, but the last few as well. Basketball is very cyclical. Changes happen. And guys, I'm sorry I'm going on a little bit of a rant about this, but I love talking basketball with everybody and getting more questions on Twitter at Fence D Sports. And I just want to say that it's not about the one article. I try to make it so that, hey, I give you guys 10 players an article. You have 30 players that are always in play revolving around your waiver wire. And probably at least 10 to 15 should be available regularly at the time. What do you think of that, Schwab? <laughs> uh, I do the same thing with my prospect reports in baseball. It's pointless to focus on the top 
50 dudes because they're usually the ones that are always owned. Uh, so I do the same thing. I go digging deeper, find you guys that may not be up immediately, may not be the uh, on the tip of everybody's tongue, but that's how you win your leagues is you get the guys that nobody was talking about. Yeah, unless the injury happens that day that we put out the article, by the time we write about it, it's pro- that player or we would have, it's probably too late. It's kind of like a stock. By the time you're seeing it in business journal, Wall Street Journal, it's already too late. Everybody's on it. You got to get to the next guy, especially if you're doing weekly. And, and you know, more free-for-all waivers, too, because players are constantly going on and off. He's Ryan Hallam at Fighting Chance. Matt Sells on Twitter. That's on Twitter, of course. On Twitter, Matt Sells is at the Sells, man. I'm at Fancy Sports. We'll be back once again. This is no time to take it easy. I know I'm the Grinch. I know I'm saying don't let your hair down during the holidays. But if you do, it takes away your competitive edge when it comes to your fantasy football teams. So make sure you keep yourself locked in mentally. But enjoy maybe a little bit of eggnog along the way. For Hallam Sells, I'm Fensty. Family times, we will be back and we will help you because we always dominate. No other option. We will win.